What is happening, everybody? We have hit double digits. That's right. Welcome to the 10th installment of the Robson Sportscast. I am your host, Alex Robson, thanking you for tuning in to this week's edition of that good old-fashioned sport chat. And as always, you shout to my man, RC Productions, for the dope intro beat. Now, as always, we got a ton of that good old-fashioned sports chat for you guys this week. So let's go ahead, kill that beat, and get right into it. Started off on a pretty rough note, and I hate to do that, but saw the report come in. I have to talk about it. It's my job as a podcaster, especially for sports, that when the stories come in, I give them to you. And via ESPN... And by the title, as you can see, it seems like NCAA college football is in serious jeopardy. Um, Commissioners of the Power Five conferences held an emergency meeting on Sunday, yesterday, as there is a growing concern among college athletic officials that the upcoming football season and other fall sports, not just football, can't be played due to COVID-19. And... As much as I've hated COVID beforehand as just a normal human being, I think every human being has hated what COVID has done to this country. Um, let's find a political podcast, talk about that. I'm a sports podcast. Don't ask me for political opinions. Um, <laughs> but this is taking it a step too far, COVID. Mother nature, stop it. <laughs> like for real, it's the one thing I live for is college football. You can ask anyone that knows me even a little bit. College football literally is in my blood. (laughs) I can't live without it. It is oxygen to me. I can't know it. Even watching, I I will fully admit, I watch old college football games all the time on YouTube. It's just not the same. They do it better. I mean, watching on YouTube versus actual TV is a lot better because I don't spoil it for you. But... Still, this is saying it's just ugh. now. No decision has been made yet. No major decision. They have talked about it, but they have not made a final decision on whether college football will be played in the twenty twenty season. Multiple sources and several of the power conferences have told ESPN that they have talked about. Moving it to spring. I would love that. I would love for it to still happen. And again, we don't know what's going to happen with this whole COVID situation. It is so unpredictable. Like, literally, I, it's, I don't know if it's going to. It very, I'm not saying it, I don't think it's going to because I don't know. Again, I don't know. But this very well could be over tomorrow. We do not know. We do not know what, what it's got in store for us. But they're talking about moving it to spring. The uh, Big Ten is ready to pull the plug, by what I've heard. The president of the Big Ten Conference, 
they're ready to pull it, but they're waiting for the other power conferences, so like the ACC, the SEC, Pac-12, all those big guys, the big conferences. They're waiting for them. They're wa- it's their move, basically. Um, but the Big Ten, again, they want to move it to spring, but they are 100% ready to just say, eh, call it quits. We're not going to do it this year. Um, it sucks. <laughs> I have I have more written down, but I'm just going to say, I'm going to go off script. <laughs> I have I have my script right now. But I'm going to go off script. This is the worst possible thing to happen. <laughs> Again, COVID, you've taken it too far now. You're taking away my college football, damn it. <laughs> Again, I breathe college football. It is my first love without a doubt. I love college football. Nothing gets my blood pumping more than watching college football. And now you've taken that away from me too. Because, again, I'm going to say it. They probably will have a decision by when this episode's out. They may or may not have made their decision already whether it's going to happen or not. But I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's happening. And that depresses the absolute hell out of me. Because again, college football, I speak for a lot of people. Especially in the sports world. We live, eat, sleep, breathe college football. Literally, it is my life. Like, I love nothing more than college football. Most of the time, anyway. There are some things that matter more, like work, life, parents, family, all that kind of stuff. But outside of the obvious, college football number one. And now that, we're probably not even going to get that. And for all my sports fandoms, the my sports fandom in college football is Florida. They're probably about the only good team, really, I have going for me. I mean, I'm a Jets fan. They haven't been good since this. They haven't won a Super Bowl since 1960. Probably like late 1960. I think 1969 exactly. The New York Knicks are the most ass backwards franchise in sports today. I got the Yankees, but they haven't won a World Series since 2009. I do have the Blues. They just won the Stanley Cup, but they have not been looking good. And they upcome playoff teams against Vancouver, the Canucks. They're probably going to get swept because I every game I've watched of the Blues, I've seen no effort outside of anyone but Jordan Bennington. That's it. No one else is showing a single damn. That gives a single damn. I really needed to see some Florida football because even with the conference schedules, a hundred percent conference schedule, Florida got added Texas A and M and Arkansas. Arkansas is an easy one, and I think Texas A&M and Florida could be easily. I think they're a better football team. Now, if it was a sold-out Kyle Field, it'd be a little different. I probably wouldn't say that that easily, but with more than likely no fans in the stands, I'd, I'd see Florida easily winning that one. But now it looks like that ain't even going to happen. Just sucks, man. Just sucks. But I tried to make something out of it. So I comprised a little list. So, football's canceled. 
We'll just say it. College football is canceled. We don't know if that's what the verdict's going to be, but we're just going to say for this situation, it's canceled. There were a good amount of teams that really needed to play college football this year. So I've comprised a little list of teams that really need to play in 2020. So we'll start it off. Number one on my list, I got Florida. Again, not biased, just talking from a a football analyst perspective here. This is the best shot Florida's had of the SEC East championship crown since Kirby Smart got there. Georgia has a lot of had a lot of question marks at their two biggest positions of need. The quarterback and the running back. The staple of their freaking team the past two years has been that. The quarterback and the halfback. DeAndre Swift and Jake Fromm. And don't get me wrong, they have good weapons around Jamie Newman, who more than likely would have been the starting quarterback. But we don't know how good he's going to be. We didn't know. Florida was better set at the biggest position, and that's the quarterback. If you listen to my interview with uh, Rebecca, um, she's a college football blogger. Check out check that episode. Really good interview. Um, was talking to her, and I made the statement about Kyle Trask, Florida starting quarterback, that if anybody could make a Joe Burrow-type leap in year two, it would be Kyle Trask. Because when you look at Kyle Trask's stats from last year, now remember, he did not play. He did not start until week three. Because Felipe Franks was the starter, then he gets hurt against Kentucky, and then Kyle Trask gets thrown in, and he does phenomenal. Now, Kyle Trask is not exactly the best fit for Dan Mullen's system, because Dan Mullen likes to run the option. He likes to have his quarterback move around a lot. And Kyle Trask is not really the best at that. He's not a very mobile guy. That's where I think Emory Jones came in. And if it wasn't for how well Kyle Trask did last year, I think Emory Jones probably would be the starter for Florida this coming season. But Kyle Trask is in that pocket. He has a a little bit of a fumbling issue. But how much of that was Kyle Trask? And how much of that was the left side of his offensive line being atrocious? That offensive line in general was awful. So you really can't blame Kyle Trask for that issue when he's getting hit behind him 95% of the time. And really in 2020, looking at the SEC, it's not set in stone like it usually is. Usually the past two years, minus last season, you could kind of guess who's going to be there. If you were to say Alabama, Georgia in the SEC championship game, you'd probably be right. That's not really the case this year. You look in the West, we don't know how LSU's going to be. Was it truly all Joe Burrow and Joe Brady? Or has Ed Orgeron finally figured it out? Is Miles Brennan that good? We didn't see a lot of them last year. But is he kind of waiting in the winds? Is he kind of a monster in the making? Alabama, I don't think the dynasty's falling apart, but a lot of people are saying that's possible. 
Is Nick Saban finally losing his touch? Is Mac Jones truly the guy to replace Tua Tungavaloya? You look in the SC East. Can Jamie Newman have the success Jake Fromm did? Can Kirby Smart finally do something with his five-star recruits that he gets all the time? This year was Florida's biggest chance to return to national dominance. Maybe not dominance, national prominence, I should say. Getting back to contending for national championships. This was their biggest shot, and now it's gone. So I think Florida, in my opinion, probably had the most has the most to lose if there is no 2020 football season. Next team is talking about UNC. Sam Howell. I believe it's Sam Howell. I know it's Howell. Is it Sam Howell? Yeah, Sam Howell. Okay, I had to look that up real quick. <laughs> I don't like screwing up names. It makes me feel like an idiot. But Sam Howell, he was a freshman last year. And he... Almost beat Clemson. Yeah, that doesn't happen a lot. (laughs) Especially now. In my opinion, I don't know what the hell would have happened if Mike Brown, if Mike Brown didn't go for it. Go for two at the very last second of the game. If Mac Brown, I think I said Mike Brown, my bad. Again, feel like an idiot because I hate screwing up names. I may not even screwed it up, maybe screwing up more. But Mac Brown, <laughs> Mac Brown, with Sam Howell at the helm, was building something special in Chapel Hill at football. And in my lifetime, I don't remember that being a statement said very often. UNC's a basketball school, not a football school. But they impressed the hell out of me last year. And Mac Brown is bringing in top-tier classes. And a conference has been dominated by Clemson the past few years. And in my opinion, more likely will continue to do so. UNC, they lose a lot by not ca- because they had a lot of momentum coming in from last year, and I think losing that momentum coming into 2020 is gonna really going to hurt them. Next team I have is Ohio State. This is undoubtedly their last year with Justin Fields. We saw what he can do. He is a dual-threat talent. Great arm. Very athletic. With a talented roster around him. I will be straight up honest with you. And I feel like an idiot for thinking this. But when Urban Meyer left. I thought Ohio State was going to slowly but surely fall off the map. I did not expect what I what they did last year. To pat myself on the back after admitting I was wrong. I did have LSU in the national championship. Just a... Pat myself on the back there. (laughs) 
one wrong, one right. How about that? Uh, <laughs> but believe it or not, I did have LSU in the National Championship game. Why, I don't know. I don't really know what I was thinking there, but it worked out in the end. Um, Ohio State is two things that in sports is a scary combination. They're talented, and they're pissed off. The world saw what happened to them when they played Clemson. Ohio State was so dominant all year long. Nobody came close to competing with them all year long. Then they go up against Clemson, and they choke. And you hear all this talk, oh, Justin Fields can't win big games, or Ohio State's not nearly as good as everybody says they are. They've heard that talk. And I think they're going to come into this year very, very scary. Because again, there are two things that are very scary in sports. Talented, And pissed. Next team's Clemson. Now people are now people kind of look at me like that when I say Clemson. What do they have to lose? I mean, they probably won one national championship game. This is again undoubtedly their last year with Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be the first overall pick. And much like Ohio State. They did not have the best showing against LSU in the national championship game. People are talking about, oh, Dabo Sweeney, uh, 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 saying all these bad things about Trevor Lawrence, how he can't win, win big games when everything's not perfect for him and all that kind of stuff. They're probably not too happy either. And Clemson is nothing but talent all around. Clemson playing upset would have put fear into the hearts of every football team in the country. We've seen what Clemson's capable of, this roster. Let's not forget that two years ago, they went into an national championship game against Alabama that everybody was counting them out against. Who were saying, oh, two was too good. Uh, uh, Nick Saban doesn't lose. Nick Saban is just a better coach than Dabo, uh, Dabo Sweeney and all this other stuff. And Clemson went out there and just absolutely throttled them with a freshman quarterback. Albeit, freshman quarterback was Trevor Lawrence, but still. That does not happen. You don't dominate Alabama, that does not happen. You beat Alabama, you got to get lucky. Clemson wasn't lucky that game. Clemson was dominant. And that was when everybody was doubting them. And we were doing it again. We don't think Clemson was going to do it again. Clemson was my pick to win the national championship. I think they're going to play Alabama again, but I thought Clemson was going to win it all. Because they're talented and they're upset. Another team I want to talk about is 
not really because I think they were going to do anything really special, but it was just because of a certain player that I was really excited to watch play, and that's the USC Trojans. Slavis, their quarterback. He was a freshman last year. I cannot remember his first name. It is slipping my mind. Kedon or something? Like K-E-D-O-N or something like that? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's one of them weird ones, but he was a freshman last year, and when he came in there, that USC team looked pretty freaking good. Now, they got a lot of holes that need to be filled up. But it has been a long time since USC has truly been dominant. Now, they've had teams that were supposed to be, but none of them really worked out. I mean, you could consider the Sam Darnold team. That was good, but not great. I think Slavis could have easily been a lot better than Darnold. That's not me bashing on Darnold, but I know I'm not a huge Darnold fan, but in college he was very good. Just don't think his skills translate very well to the NFL. But kind of sad I'm going to miss out on his rise, taking that momentum from freshman year to sophomore year. But those are my list teams that are really, really, really going to miss not having a 2020 football season. I'm really going to miss not having a 2020 college football season. It's going to be weird not having college football, but we're going to survive. And next year's going to be even better. We hope. <laughs> we hope. Let's move on to our next topic. Well, our next topic is a Robson Sports Cast Classic. It is the NFL record predictions. This topic is very soon going to be expanded. I'm going to have start having some other guys come in and talk about their teams. I've predicted a lot of teams already. I predicted both the East and West Coast for both conferences, and I'm getting ready to start the North and South Poles of each conference. So... Starting off with the AFC North. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to catch my breath there and take a drink of water. Um, so, I get all my record predictions from Adam Schefter. He has it shaping out a little differently than I do. So, in first place, he's got the Pittsburgh Steelers at 13 and 3. Second place, the Baltimore Ravens at 11 and 5. Third place, the Cleveland Browns at 8 and 8. And in fourth, the Cincinnati Bengals at 4 and 12. I got it shaken out a little differently than that, but not terribly. There is something a little different there, but we'll get to that in a second. The anticipation is killing you, I know. So we're going to start off with Pittsburgh. We'll talk Pittsburgh first. So they're going to start off the year at New York against the Giants. They're going to get a win there. Then they head home to take on Denver, and they'll take a loss there. I am very high on Denver this year. We'll... As you all know, I have them finishing at 11-5. and five. Then they're going to win four straight at home against Houston, on the road against Tennessee, and at home against Philadelphia, and at home against Cleveland. 
Now, week seven, they'll take a loss on the road to Baltimore before the week eight bye. Then they'll come out of that win in three straight football games. At Dallas, they'll get a win. At home against Cincinnati, they'll win. And at Jacksonville, they'll take a win. Now, I'll take a loss week 12 at home against Baltimore. Then they'll win against Washington at home. Then they'll go on the road to Buffalo and take a loss. Then they'll go on the road to Cincinnati take a win. They'll lose to Indianapolis at home week 16. And to finish off the season, they will take a W against Cleveland on the road, finishing 11-5. and five. Now, Pittsburgh was a little tough to predict because I do not know how Ben Roethlisberger is going to recover from injury. I have no doubts what the defense is going to do. The defense is going to be top three, maybe the best defense in the league. They are set everywhere. I just do not know how Ben Roethlisberger is going to recover from injury. And what scares me a little bit is if he doesn't, what the hell is Pittsburgh going to do? They don't have a backup plan, which is kind of scary. Usually when quarterbacks start getting up there in age, like Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, when those stars start getting older, you start looking to the future a little earlier. So, Pittsburgh, they could be up, they could be higher, they could win more games, they could also lose more games. So Pittsburgh, in my opinion, I got them at 11-5. and Let's just move to Cleveland. Cleveland's interesting. I had a tough time with Cleveland because last year I was high on them. I was like, all right, they got Odell Beckham. They got Jarvis Landry. They got David Njoku. Baker Mayfield set. And they went 6-10. and ten. Cleveland being Cleveland. But now, Odell Beckham is 100%, even though he wasn't 100% all last year. Got Austin Hooper. Got Jarrett Willis out of Alabama. Cleveland looks good. Again. Well, they capitalize on it, though. So, week one on the road to Baltimore. They'll take a loss there. Then they're going to win three straight. A home against Cincinnati, a home against Washington, and on the road against Dallas. Then they'll lose two straight. At home against Indianapolis, and on the road against Pittsburgh. They're going to bounce back at Cincinnati with a win. Then they'll take a big loss at home against the Raiders heading into the week nine bye. Coming out of the week nine bye, they'll hit, they'll come back out of the week eight bye. Week nine bye. Good Lord above. <laughs> Looking over at Pittsburgh there. My bad. Come out of the week nine bye with a win against Houston. Week 10 at home. Take a loss to Philadelphia at home. Week 11, week 12, they're going to win at Jacksonville. Week 13, at Tennessee, they'll lose. And week 14, at Baltimore, they'll lose. At home against Baltimore. (laughs) This is kind of funny to me. Week 15 and week 16, they're both road games, but they play in the same damn place. They play in East Rutherford, New Jersey. They face the Giants and the Jets. They'll take both wins there. And this position, Cleveland, in my opinion, is going to be competing for a playoff spot. They'll be at home. In the dog pound. Taking on Pittsburgh. And what's Cleveland going to do? A playoff spot in sight? Insert the Reggie Miller meme. They'll choke. They'll take a loss, finishing 8-8 on the year. 
And much like Pittsburgh, Cleveland is a shoulder shrug. I don't know. They can finish with more, they can finish with less. But they were supposed to be playoff team last year. And it didn't happen. I'm not going to buy stock in Cleveland until I see it on the football field. You can have all the superstars and all the talent in the world that you want. And Cleveland's a talented football roster. But you actually got to do something with that talent. And Baker Mayfield is heading into his third year with his third head coach. Baker Mayfield's good, but he's not talented enough to deal with that. He's got talent, but I don't think he was the talented, most talented quarterback in his draft class. But we'll see about Baker. I'm a, he's a question mark right now. Cleveland's a question mark. That's why I got them at 8-8. Eight eight. They'll break even, in my opinion. But Cleveland's Cleveland. That could be worse than that. We don't know. Next is Cincinnati. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm not a Joe Burrow believer. And I cannot wait to hear the lashback from that. But I'm not. I don't know how much of LSU's success was even Joe Burrow. Everything was perfect for him at LSU last year. He's leaving that. And it's not coming to a mo- probably, in my opinion, the most dysfunctional, if not the most, definitely a shoe in for second or third, most dysfunctional franchise in football. Now, Cincinnati does have talent, but I'm just not a believer in Joe Burrow right now. So, let's kick it off. First three weeks of the season, they will start 0 and 3. They're at home against LA, the Chargers. Then they go to road two straight at Cleveland, at Philadelphia. Their first win will come week four against the Jaguars. As much as I'm not a believer in Cincinnati, they do not have the worst roster in football. That belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Jacksonville or Washington, one of the two. Now, y'all know I have Washington going 0 16. But that's primarily because I think their defense is stout. But I'm not a huge believer in their offense. I like Dwayne Haskins. But the rest of their offense, I'm not a huge believer in. And it's just how dysfunctional that franchise is right now with the whole name change and all that kind of jazz. So I just I just think it's all going to collapse for Washington. But they probably don't have the worst roster in football. I'll probably give that to Jacksonville. But anyway, we're moving on. Then they have a week nine bye. And they're going to lose... Four straight going into that. At Baltimore, they'll lose. At Indianapolis, they'll lose. At home against Cleveland, they'll lose. And at home against Tennessee, they'll lose. Heading into week 10 after the week 9 bye, they'll continue their losing streak. At Pittsburgh, they'll take a loss. Week 11, they're at Washington. They'll take a win there. Then week 12 at home against the Giants, they'll take a win. Then they'll lose the final five of the year. On the road at Miami, at home against Dallas, at home against Pittsburgh, on the road against Houston, and at home against Baltimore, finishing 3-13. and Again, they're a mess. 
a complete and utter mess. Joe Burrow, good prospect. But I'm just not a believer. Now, I saved the best for last. Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be fun. Because I have the Baltimore Ravens. I can't wait to hear the reactions to this after last week, especially. I have the Baltimore Ravens at 16 and up. I can hear the WTFs, WTFs already. You got Washington going 0 and 16 last week, and now you got the Ravens going 16 and 0. So here's their schedule. And again, like I did with Washington, I'll just read it out. Where it's at doesn't really matter at this point because if we're having football, it's probably gonna be without fans in the stands. Cleveland, Houston, Kansas City, Washington, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Week 8, they have a bye. Indianapolis, New England, Tennessee, Pittsburgh again. Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, New York Giants, Bengals. Believe it or not, they lost two football games last year. I believe it was two, minus the playoff loss. 14-2. and two. Those two losses were an early season matchup against Cleveland, which turned out to not matter a single bit. And again, another early season loss to Kansas City. It has been, and since, let's talk about that playoff loss a little bit. Since then, it has been nothing but doubt and shame put on the name of Lamar Jackson and put on the name of this entire football team. And it's one of the most talented rosters in football. In my opinion, top five roster. Lamar Jackson is going to keep improving as a quarterback, as a passer. He's already a phenomenal runner. He's got Mark Ingram. He's got J.K. Dobbins now. Still really needs a number one receiver. Marquise Brown could be that. He's got Hayden Hurst. Got a good offensive line. Got a great defense backing him up. Got a great head coach. I mentioned earlier talking about the college football stuff. About Ohio State and Clemson. Baltimore is the two most dangerous things in all of sports. They're insanely talented, and they're pissed. Ohio State and Clemson, I can understand the doubt. Because college football is always changing. New recruits, players developing. Baltimore is in the NFL where you can keep guys longer than three to four years. Guys are going to get better because they're playing the best. 
Sometimes when you play guys in college, they don't make it to the pros because they're not as good as they make out to be in the college level. But everyone on Baltimore's football team is good. They don't have a position of need, except you can argue wide receiver. But with how their offenses run, literally, they might as well have three running backs. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and J.K. Dobbins is going to be phenomenal for Baltimore because he fits into the system. You've all done this to yourselves. Baltimore's going to go 16-0 because they're talented and the doubters of them have pissed them off. And I don't give a damn about playoffs right now. You talk about Lamar Jackson saying he can't win a playoff game. He's in his second year. He was in his second year. Pump the brakes with the Lamar Jackson slander because you're looking and talking about the future. You just need to accept that as the fact that Lamar Jackson is the future of the NFL. Him, Patrick Mahomes, and Kyler Murray are going to be the faces of this league because they can do everything. I know Lamar Jackson doesn't have a Patrick Mahomes arm. I know he doesn't do no-look throws. But Lamar Jackson is electrifying. The moment y'all stop the slander on him in Baltimore in general, the more you're going to realize this is a good football team. And a team, in my opinion, that very well could be lifting a Lombardi trophy. Ravens, 16-0. Never has happened before. An 0-16 team and a 16-0 team. But in my opinion, that's how it's going to go down. Let's move on to our next topic. are wrapping up another week of life, another week of COVID, and another week of NBA bubble action. I let off the show last week with some NBA talk, but now we're going to finish it off with some NBA action. Let's go ahead and kick it off. The best games of the week brought to you by the Robson Sportscast. Here we go. Kicking it off. The Denver Nuggets take down the OKC Thunder in Overtime, 121 to 113. Michael Porter Jr. led all scores with 37. Nikolai Jokic with 12. And rebound, 12 rebounds. He led all. Didn't realize I didn't even say what the stat was. <laughs> Good Lord above. Nikolai Jokic led all rebounders and assisters. He had 12 rebounds and 10 assists. Jokic actually gets a triple-double. And the Denver Nuggets take an overtime victory. Another overtime throw. The Dallas Mavericks take down the Sacramento Kings 114-110. Sacramento struggling a lot in the bubble. Only one win in Orlando so far. 
Luka Doncic led all scorers, rebounders, and assisters with 34 points, 20 rebounds, a career high, and 12 assists, giving him the good old-fashioned triple-double. And OKC bounces back against the LA Lakers, 105-86 after that overtime loss to Denver. Chris Paul leads all scorers with 21. How about freaking Chris Paul? He should get some MVP votes for what he's... Nobody was... Everybody was talking about OKC being a tank job. Then they come out here and they're actually pretty freaking good. Like, they're a solid basketball team. And Chris Paul's a big reason for that. He's quietly having an MVP year. Uh, LeBron James led all rebounders with 11. And Shai Gilgis Alexander led all assisters with 5. Struggles for the Lakers this week continue. They take a loss to the Houston Rockets, 113-97. James Harden was in his bag, baby. 39 points for Harden led all scores. Dwight Howard led all rebounders with 15. And Harden led all assisters with 12. Harden is such a fun player to watch. Like, this dude can just put the ball in the basket. Now, I know I, I've... In general, I'm not a huge fan of Harden because I believe he's a selfish player and he's not the type of player that's going to win championships. But you got to admit, when you see talent, you have to talk about it. And James Harden's definitely talent. This dude can put the ball in the basket no matter what you do to him. Philadelphia 76ers get a win over the Orlando Magic 108-101. Joel Embiid leads all, led all scores with 23 points. Tobias Harris led all rebounders with 15 I didn't write down who led assist. Give me one hot second. <laughs> Good lord above, Alex. You can tell I do these late at night. <laughs> like, take all my notes down and all that craziness. Good lord above. One second. I'm looking it up right now. Looking it up right now. Shake Milton led all sisters. A guard for the Philadelphia 76ers led all sisters with eight. My goodness. I apologize. There we go. There's a blooper for you. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to do a compilation at one point, a bunch of bloopers, but we're going to continue on here. Again, the rough week for the Lakers continues. The Lakers take another loss, this time to the Indiana Pacers, 116-111. to 111. My man, TJ Warren, my bubble MVP. Let all scores dropping 39. Dwight Howard again led all rebounders with 12, and LeBron James led all... A sisters with seven. TJ freaking Warren. Goodness gracious. This dude's on fire. I don't even remember hearing his name before the season, before the bubble started. But anyway, we're continuing on. <clears throat> the Brooklyn Nets get a huge upset win over the Los Angeles Clippers. 129 to 120. Kawhi Leonard led all scorers with 39. Jared Allen led all rebounders with 16. And Karis Lover Little assisters with 13. And with that win, the Nets are actually in. They lock up the seventh seed in the East. They will be in the playoffs. What a year for the Brooklyn Nets. Without their two big stars, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And they are still winning basketball games. And they are now in the playoffs. That is huge. We do have a pair of eliminations for the playoffs. The New Orleans Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings are out of here and that is primarily because of our game of the week philadelphia 76ers taking on the portland trailblazers damian lillard drops 51 
points along with seven assists. And the Portland Trailblazers take down the 76ers, 124-121. Yusuf Nurkic hit a pair of free throws to put Portland up by three with 10.2 to go. Oklahoma City missed the three-point shot to tie, and they could not get another shot off after fumbling the rebound. Damian Lillard. We might as well call him the Hope Crusher. He's the Grim Reaper. As he comes in, sees teams that are... I mean, he's done it in the playoffs. He's done it now outside of it. The dude's just a heart crusher. And it's awesome to watch Damian Lillard. One of my favorite players to watch, without a doubt. But Damian Lillard, with that win, helps the Blazers get in better position for the playoffs. They are within a game and a half of the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Pelicans and Kings are done in their playoff race. And our star of the week this week, last week it was TJ Warren with his 59-point performance. This week we're giving it to Dallas Mavericks superstar Luka Doncic. And as Sean believes, he should be the cover athlete of NBA 2K21, but I don't know about that. Throughout this week, Luka Doncic averaged 32.6 points, 12.3 rebounds, and 12 assists. Two triple-doubles in three games played for Luka phenomenal week for him and he undoubtedly is our second star of the week in our NBA chat man again I've said it before I'm gonna say it again it is so good to have live NBA action back and it is doing so well right now with this bubble format Adam Silver is the goat I'm just gonna say it right now I mean, how the bu- we have had no COVID cases from, from the bubble. I mean, it's just insane how well they've done it. Baseball, take notes. Football, if you even want to be a thought about happening, you should take notes too. I think it'd be a little more difficult for football, but they could find a way to make it work. And definitely baseball, she needs to take notes because that's, that's falling apart. That is falling apart. Philadelphia and Miami just having COVID case after COVID case. So definitely... MLB and football, take notes, because Adam Silver and the NBA did it right, and it's looking awesome. Getting closer than playoffs. We are getting close. I believe we're getting ready to have some play-in games um, between Portland and, I believe, Memphis, as I mentioned. I think they're game and a half within Portland. Uh, Memphis is Portland. So, be on the lookout for that. But with that, that was our last topic of the day. Let's go ahead and get ready and log out. Bit of a slow week for sports this week. No real big headliners, nothing like that. We didn't have NBA's not brand spanking new now. Now it's been back for a full two weeks now. Don't have any big breakout stories, so it was a little slow, but we got through it. We got through it, and we freaking nailed it. That's what we do. That's what we do. When we think there's nothing, we make a big something out of it. And we have hit double-digit episodes. You just finished up episode 10 of the Robson Sportscast. It has been a load of fun, and I cannot wait to get more and more into this but for now, we're going to have my man RC Productions hitting us out with that dope beat. This is your man, Alex Robson, signing off.